Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new segment of Nintendo World Report Connectivity. I am your host for this segment, Alexander Kulafi, and with me to discuss a plethora of Nintendo news, Ooh. Neil Ronahan. Yes, hello. And Scott Thompson. Hello! Hi Scott, we haven't recorded in fucking forever. I know, but I feel like I've like been here with you because I've edited the past yeah, two weeks. Yeah, see I don't like... edit, so I'm just like, who is this Scott Thompson fellow? <laughs> Fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah, so like I feel like I've been a part of like the Tony Hawk stuff and the uh what'd you guys do? I got, oh, I, got Icarus. I, I mean side note, uh completely unrelated. I did get Tony Hawk's Pro Skater four an underground off of eBay this week. Uh four came in yesterday. So I'll be playing more of those because Tony Hawk fucking rules. I think I might be doing something on the site. I nice. play every Tony Hawk game. <laughs> um Okay, yeah, let's get to the thing at hand. So, as you may know, Nintendo did a Japan-exclusive 3DS Nintendo Direct Which this Friday like morning. Which seemed like a really big Direct. Like, I was talking I, so to I have some people and they're like, why the fuck for why it was just E3? Japan. It's, uh, it's because they gotta have Directs, too, because they already went down the Direct hole. So I think they probably <laughs> feel some obligation to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't but, really been, like, a uh, a Direct like this in a long time. I mean, I guess the E3 one, like, sort of counts the digital event. But as far as, like, a a broad, non-singular game-focused direct, I haven't... We got one, what, in February? Maybe a month or... No, I know, because we had the Smash one in yeah, April. Yeah, because we, we, we had the Smash the one, one, we had the Mario Kart one, we had the, the random Tomodachi Life one, we had Hyrule Warriors, there was a Yokai Watch one in Japan. I think there was another game-specific one in Japan. They've been getting pretty creative with them. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like that we've kind of reached that Nintendo Week threshold with Nintendo Directs. Although, honestly, this one was a pretty cut and dry, like, old school Direct. I, I have a feeling that the ones that come out of Japan are usually pretty uh, staid and boring. Because, I don't know. Which is... Well, I, I guess I like some of the weird Nintendo humor, but yeah. I do like the big pack directs that's just news, news, reveal, reveal, yeah. reveal. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an appeal to that, but I feel like stuff like, you know, the digital event had this, like, really, like, like, fucking Robot Chicken was on that. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't out of place. I think that was the biggest thing about the Robot Chicken stuff at the digital event was that, okay, at first you might have been like, oh, what the hell is, is that Seth Green doing a voice of, like, some random video game guy? Oh, it's entirely Robot Chicken. Once you realized what it was, it was just like, oh yeah, I accept it. And you move on. Sure. So they had their big Japan-exclusive 3DS Nintendo Direct. And the other territories, surprisingly, had press releases stuffed with so much news it warranted an emergency podcast segment mm -hmm. planned only this yeah, morning. which is funny because a lot of the news that was in those press releases had very little to do with this Nintendo Direct. Yeah, they probably could have done separate Nintendo Directs, Yeah, but I do have a theory that we're going to get into with our first news story about why they didn't do a Nintendo right, Direct. Lay it, lay it on us. So, and also note, in the interest of time, we're only going to be covering the big reveals from this morning. If you want to see more about stuff like how those Kirby spin-off eShop games are now available on 3DS, you can do so at NintendoWorldReport.com. Yeah, and uh, then let me know if... We're ever in the same place, and then we can play Kirby Fighters Deluxe, because <laughs> we can't play online. The biggest story from either of these uh, press things today is that there is a new 3DS and new 3DS XL. And I don't mean that there's a new 3DS and a new 3DS it is, XL. It is a new I mean, there is a new 3DS. That is called the new 3DS. <laughs> it's, it's, 
It's really dumb. Uh, they announced two 3DS models coming to Japan this October. Uh, I'm basically reading from our story. Uh, two models, new 3DS and new 3DS LL, aka XL. Both models contain faster CPUs, quicker download speeds, and colorful face buttons akin to the Super Famicom. Yeah. Hardware-wise, the models also contain amiibo support, better 3D viewing, a new button that helps control camera movement, similar to the C-Stick found in well, the it, uh, yeah, it's Circle basically. As far as I can tell, and I, I think I don't know if there's been 100% confirmation on this, but it basically just functions like a Circle Pad Pro. Um, right, yeah. and then things are moved but around. But it's got, like, I don't know how the weird little nubbin, like, I don't really get how that will work. Like, I have a little faith, but it does kind of remind me of, like, a laptop, uh, like that trackball thing. Ugh, yeah, well, I'm sure they've, like, tested it and, and found that it yeah. works fine enough. Um, But I was surprised that they didn't just do a full-size Circle Pad and then... um. Just put it right above the buttons, move the buttons down a little bit, and then you would yeah. have this sort of like uniform or setup even, with, mean, maybe with the gamepad and with the you know with the pro controller. Like, why not do yeah. that and have all your your control methods be sort of uniform in that way? Now you've got this kind of weird offshoot that's somewhat similar, but you've got that little nub. It's kind of more in the corner. It's just weird. Yeah, and then they also moved the uh, the cartridge slot is now on the bottom of the system, which yeah, and the stylus slot. Yeah, I which mean, takes the a lot of getting used to. They have moved the stylus all over the place on the 3ds because um. On the original, it was, you know, you took it out of, like, the top, so to speak. On the XL, it's on the side, and then on this new model, it's on the bottom. Isn't that... I think the side is the best. Yeah. Side because... The... Go ahead. Uh, I mean, side just because it's so easy to slip it out, because your hands are holding in near that position, whereas every other position you have to, like, move your hands unless you're holding it like a crazy person. What were you saying, Scott? I was just say they moved like some of the buttons too. Like, isn't the power button not actually on the bottom now? I think so. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, yeah and I forgot where that like the the home start and select buttons were. I think they're still in the same spot. Yeah. Um, uh, and it uses micro SD, which I mean, mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not up on like memory formats. I don't know if that's better or not. But it's it's, it's an option. Yeah, it's annoying to me because like I don't know. I I have a bunch of SD cards. <laughs> now I have to get another memory card for this damn thing because right. I mean, let's face it, I I don't think I'm alone in in this company when I say like I'm buying this shit day one. Mm-hmm. But the, well, the with thing any is, is with any we don't know when that day one will be. Well, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, just some other tidbits. It's launching at one six. No, well, 16,000 yen and 18,800 yen, which seems like the same price as the other two 3DSs, or at least close enough that I think they're just straight up replacing the old 3DSs. Yeah, it might oh, be a little sure. bump. I'm not 100% sure, but the prices are in Japan. Uh, the smaller 3DS, like not the XL, but the smaller one, has a ton of faceplates that you can replace, yeah. basically like an Xbox 360. And um, Which I the like biggest, that, I like that huh? better than all the the special edition 3ds XLs because it's like they all look like they all look really cool. But like I already have an XL. I'm I'm not one of those people like Justin Baruby who buys <laughs> one of every 3ds XL. Rather buy well, PS4. If, if you noticed the, uh, I think the Japanese that big that really cool Smash Bros. Red 3ds is now. is now going to be one of the new 3ds's and yeah. a new 3ds LL. Which means if that comes to America, that's probably how I'm going to dive in. Yeah, but I mean, I know that, I, I think that with Europe, they straight up said that the new 3DS is not going to hit there until 2015. 
with Nintendo yep. with with America, we haven't heard confirmation either way. Um, I do know uh, we unfortunately don't have anyone at PAX Prime, but there was some sort of behind the scene or like there was some closed door event that I know has an embargo. Um, I don't know one hundred percent when that embargo is. Uh, we'll probably talk to our Nintendo rep on Monday uh, and try to find out a little bit about it, and then I probably won't be able to say shit about it. <laughs> um, but as of now, uh, you know, people were talking about it on NeoGAF that there was some sort of closed door event um, at PAX Prime that was related to Smash Brothers on 3DS. So maybe that is kind of the unveiling of you know maybe we're gonna see this new 3DS come out alongside the release of Smash Brothers or something like who knows. Um, I think that's wishful thinking. I, I think that will. I think the more likely scenario is new 3DS. Uh, in 2015, alongside the release of uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate or uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, uh, well, that's our second story, but we can at least immediately say that the biggest feature of this is that, like the DSi, its increased power means that it will get games like Xenoblade Chronicles that are exclusive to the new 3DS and new 3DS XL. I wrote an entire editorial about this that you can go read. Um, I don't like that they're splitting the user base like that because what that kind of says to me is given Nintendo's track record on it is that, okay, the Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. However, the one thing with that is that I don't think that's really going to drive people to like, oh, I need to upgrade to buy this game. People might upgrade, like we're going to upgrade. And for me, upgrading is regardless of Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, that's kind of a nice bonus, but that's it. But I mean, you saw with DSi, you saw with you know, um, even Game Boy Color to a lesser extent, just people, you know, not really getting into the exclusive features. And then when you have stuff divided like that, you run into that, like that weird connect situation where developers aren't really going to take advantage of it. And if they do, like, it's going to be throwaway. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think there's going to be more than five or six exclusive big Nintendo titles on it. In fact, I think it's going to be Xenoblade, maybe one other kind of big title, and then a bunch of games that are better on the new yeah. 3DS, but can still be played comfortably. Like Pokemon. And when they do a uh, when they, so Pokemon... Run, run like shit, and maybe they'll be able to have it be in 3D the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, that was the first thing I thought of. Like, this is so they can make Pokemon properly. Yeah. Uh, but... This ties in directly to why I think they did not have a Nintendo Direct. I think they did not have a Nintendo Direct because they did not want to show off a new 3DS that would be coming out in 2015 when they really want to sell a lot of 3DSs with the release of Smash Bros. a month from now. Yeah. I mean, but and I think that it, might be the whole reason because they can't just not show it off, and they don't want to fully advertise a system that, that's coming out true. after the holiday season. I mean, and I think that's kind of the maybe a failure to an extent of just Nintendo as a worldwide organization is that when you do have stuff like this, it's like, okay, if you're clued in at all and you were like, you know, for example, uh, Andy Gergen, he is an original 3DS and he has been contemplating getting an XL for a long time. He's not getting an XL this year because he's going to be waiting for the new 3DS. And I I don't think that's going to be an isolated incident. I think you're going to have a lot of people that were either thinking of buying a 3DS or thinking of upgrading their 3DS, and they're just going to hold off and wait. And it might not be, you know, some huge, grave impact on sales, but I don't think, uh, you know, the new 3DS being known that it will be coming eventually 
I don't think having that news out there and having it be so far off is really going to help sales. Yeah, they should have revealed this in January and did like a worldwide, uh, yeah, or at least uh, reveal it in March and put it out in March alongside maybe Xenoblade. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think the reason why is I, I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think uh, 3DS sales in Japan are really cooling down. So that's probably... Japan? Yeah, well, I mean, like, 3DS sales in Japan, I don't think we're ever really is in terrible danger as as they were in America and Europe. And, I mean, mm. 3DS sales worldwide are all kind of cooling off, but I think Japan, it, it, like, fell off a cliff. Like, I think Vita is reasonably competing with uh, 3DS in Japan, you know, as much as Vita can compete with 3DS. Sure. Um... I I will probably get this, and I know some people are really angry. They're calling Nintendo uh, shitty business people, and you know I, what? I they're think valid those complaints. People are crazy. <laughs> I don't think their complaints are that valid. I think it's I think it is a questionable business decision because it splits the user base. But I think people that are livid about it, like I don't know, like if you really want to play Xenoblade Chronicles on your 3DS, you gotta get the new system. Like if you well, really wanted to play valid. the new Zelda game, well, you're gonna have to buy a Wii U. Like. And, and it's not like the 3DS, I mean, okay, maybe it's not lasting as long as the DS, but sorry, the DS was super, super successful. The 3DS, not as much. I mean, it's still doing good, but you can tell its lifespan is being accelerated. Yeah, well, I mean, the 3DS, I mean, if, if we go to the broader picture for a little bit, I, I mean, honestly, the 3DS peaked last year. 2013 was, I, I actually... Well, 2012 and 2013 were both tremendous years for the system, and 2014 so far is on tail to being pretty terrible. Um, they actually, I think, at the end of 2013, it started even they started to even feel the effects of that because they missed their uh, their projection. Um, so, I mean, this is definitely the reason why they're introducing this new 3DS is that they want to, you know, give give the system a shot in the arm. Yeah. And even though I well, I do think some people are justified in saying, like you said, that the uh, the audience might end up being split as a result. I really want this system. Yeah, like, I know. This is... oh, I do too. I, even even if I think that Xenoblade Chronicles from the video that I showed, it doesn't. I mean, it's cool that it's running and it looks like it's running smoothly, but like it doesn't look as beautiful. It's the Weaver. It looks version. like Donkey Kong 3D. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And like, cause I was I was all excited when I heard about it, and then I watched the video. I'm like. You know, this makes me just want to go back and play it on Wii. Yeah. Which is good, because I, I should go back and play more of that game. But not that excited for the 3DS version, the more I think about it. Um, but I, I, wonder... guess, I guess one one last thing on like the, mm -hmm. the new 3DS is that it could... May, maybe it'll develop into something like the expansion pack on the N64, which wasn't really required for too many games, but it was just one of those things where, like, you know... Maybe maybe we will have a situation where there will be a game, not not necessarily a first-person shooter, but a game like Perfect Dark, where, you know, it's functional on the old 3DS, but if you really want to play it the right way, you need to get the new 3DS. So that way, yes, the audience is split, but it's not like you get the game and it doesn't work. Because um, I think that's the thing that's the, the bigger issue, is that you just, you know, you have a fraction of the audience can even play this game. Um and I think that might be one way that they they could get around that is have games where it's just like oh it's just better on this it's not like or there's an extra mode as opposed to you know this game flat out won't work on anything else. What say you about all this, Scott? Um, 
I don't know. I'm not too worried about the, like, segmenting of the user base. Um, like, playing the Vita and then going back to the 3DS is kind of hard sometimes. Like, the hardware just isn't impressive. The games are better in, in most circumstances. Um, but just, just using the hardware isn't as, like, fun and exciting as the Vita is. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And we haven't really talked about, um, like, the different themes and stuff like that. But just the, the, the capabilities it does seem to have um, kind of puts it on par with the Vita in my mind. And, and they didn't really say anything about, like, if the screens would necessarily look better. But either way, like, just, just something that, that performs a little bit better. Um, and as a whole, the, just like on a system level runs better. I'm very excited about it. I, I mean, watching this direct got me like super excited about the 3DS again. Like I will for sure get this day one and I'll probably play Xenoblade Chronicles on it because I love that game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like the idea uh, it's, it, it's kind of like Donkey Kong Country returns 3D. I think it's a perfect comparison because I think that that, I think that when push comes to shove, the Wii version of Donkey Kong Country returns is the better version. But it's really mm-hmm. nice playing the game portably. And I think that's how I'm going to fall on Xenoblade, is that, like, if you were to ask me, okay, I'm going to get one of those versions, you know, I'd say try to track down the Wii version, but I will probably wind up playing the 3DS version more. Yeah, uh, just moving on a little to the Xenoblade 3DS, we already talked about it some. I think this is an interesting announcement for many reasons. It was Not rumored a bad for announcement. a long time. Rumored? Yeah. Like, well, not, I knew not like there consistently, was the monolith game. not consistently, but there was talk about a monolith, uh, monolith 3DS game that they were working on, and I, I remember hearing a few things about how it might just be a port of Xenoblade, and every time it came up, people were like, "Oh, that that wouldn't work on 3DS," and and they're right. <laughs> <laughs> and well, now it can. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, no, it can work on new 3DS. Right. <laughs> can work on old 3DS, even if new 3DS becomes old. But it'll still work on new 3DS even when, when the, the next 3DS comes out. I, I just think this is a great response to uh, a lot of things because it's going to expand the audience of Xenoblade Chronicles a lot. Not because the demand wasn't there. Well, because the as we know, the demand built up. But because the demand built up, now Nintendo will have something to sell to people. I think, and I, I'm not 100% sure if this is on the outline later, but... Uh... I think that it could work in a Fire Emblem sort of way. Um, as, I mean, yes, technically Xenoblade Chronicles did come out on Wii, but it was like a weird GameStop exclusive thing that was weird. Um, but Shulk's going to be in Smash Brothers uh, in kind of a similar way that, you know, Marth and Roy were in Melee. And I think that that was a, you know, Melee came out a year or two before we ever got a Fire Emblem game in North America. And maybe it is something that, like, you know, you'll have Shulk and Smash Brothers. And that'll create more awareness for the series, and you kind of want to do that because a pretty marquee Wii U game that's going to be coming out in 2015, supposedly, is Xenoblade Chronicles X. So you could have a situation much like they did with Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze, where you can introduce people to this this game that they might have skipped. Um, more likely that they skipped Xenoblade Chronicles than Donkey Kong. And then drop the the new version of it, you know, later that year or the next year. It's super smart that they're bringing Xenoblade, like, closer into the Nintendo family. Because, I mean, yes, it's always been a Nintendo game. No one's going to really disagree with that. But it's better that they're establishing it as a clear, this is one of our franchises. Shulk is one of our characters. He is one of our guys, which is why they're doing these announcements. Why Xenoblade Chronicles X is... 
uh, becoming a big deal. Well, obviously, there's Nintendo not having a ton of Wii U games ready, <laughs> but there's also Xenoblade Chronicles on 3DS. There's Shulk and Smash Brothers, yeah. where his moveset has to do with uh, Monado in really specific fan service yeah. ways. Like, it's kind of like, like when I when I was reading about his moveset, like, at first, it kind of been a while since i've even touched that game but it made my head spin because i'm just like oh god all the monado arts and they, there's like six different versions that you can switch to and they're all <laughs> minutely different like it's it's just I, I like how the more we see about smash characters the more that you know there's not even like the i mean there are going to be clone characters we know that uh, but it seems like even the, like the new characters it's not like you know, like the Ganondorf Captain Falcon thing where they're completely different characters, but they have the exact same moveset with just like one's more powerful. Like this one with the new characters, they're they're really new and interesting takes on characters in the series. Um and I and I do love that that Shulk has entered this this family. Um and it's just it's nice to see. It's a little unfortunate that uh, I won't talk too much about the leak that is basically confirmed by this reveal. <laughs> yeah, but although, although is... I did see some people being like, no, man, it's not confirmed. But like the video was almost exactly what we saw. No, man, it's not confirmed. <laughs> the, the only thing I'm going to say about the roster, I won't spoil anything here, but yeah. the only thing that I saw on the roster that was leaked that is unfortunate is that Shulk is the only Nintendo character in the roster row that is devoted to third-party characters. <laughs> well, I think, that, I mean, going off of that roster more, is that, um, one, if you look at that character select screen from the leak uh, close-up, it, it does not look like a Sakurai character select screen. There's, like, you know, characters from the same series aren't next to each other. It doesn't really seem to make sense in spots. Um, I definitely buy into the, the, the thing that people are bandying about, that there are still a couple characters that we do not know of. Um, and I, I think that, like, I mean, there's definitely room for them, and I think that might shuffle it around so that way it's not as silly as having, like, Shulk next to Mega Man and Pac-Man <laughs> and Sonic. He'll be next to yeah. Snake instead. No, I don't know. We, we don't know. I hope so. I mean, I did see the, uh, the initial roster select, like, the one that you get when you unlock the game, which is, like, I think 30-something characters, and Shulk is still comfortably out at the bottom. Yeah. Uh. So like ten unlocks later, it's still just him and the oh, third party characters. Oh, was that the thing that characters? was on the, the Japanese 3DS? I think I saw a picture of that. I didn't realize that was the base unlock screen or the base character screen, right? Uh, Is that where it was? I think that's. I mean, I think so. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Anyway. I don't know. I for some reason I still hope that uh, that Smash Bros. leak is completely fake and it was all just one big ruse. Yeah. Because like there are still sketchy things about that roster even though it's probably a hundred percent correct now I'm pretty sure it's right i i know it is but i, I still don't want to believe it <laughs> like there are there's one character there's one unlockable character one who's in the top row name uh starts with a b i'll, I'll just say that and his smash bros like character select character model looks like an action figure Jeez. uh it, it that's one thing you can look at <laughs> next time you look at the roster but like there is a lot of sketchy shit with that even though it's probably a hundred percent real but maybe that's just my mind talking <laughs> i think i mean i think it's people looking for things that are wrong with that and it turned out that a lot of the things that we thought were wrong about it were totally fine <laughs> you know what at the very least that's a great roster for this game yeah and it was a fun uh, fun couple of days 
Well, what I love about it is that roster is going to for sure expand with DLC. Like, we're not really going to talk about the Mario Kart stuff on here because it wasn't related to all the news I, from today. But I given what happened with Mario Kart, like, I'm, I fully believe Smash will expand within a year of coming out, like for sure. I I am not 100% sold on that. Um, just because it does kind of... Like, here's the difference between Smash and Mario Kart. Uh, there wasn't anyone from Mario Kart going out saying, hey, probably not going to do DLC. Like, it was kind of... Everyone sort of assumed that there was going to be Mario Kart 8 DLC. There was no one at Nintendo that was saying, like, hey, we're not going to do any DLC for this, guys. But Sakurai has said a couple times, and granted, he could have changed his mind, or Nintendo made him change his mind, that, you know, he doesn't want to have DLC be a big major part of it. It's also, uh, at least, I consider it to be a fighting game. And when it's a fighting game that's taken seriously on some level, including DLC kind of hurts the hardcore fan base a little yeah, i don't know definitely. that it hurt i don't know that it hurts it but i know that there's more that goes into uh you know adding a new character than like in mario kart where it's just like oh yeah you can pretty much throw in whoever just use like whatever yeah. weight class you want to use yeah i know i know yeah, there's more you, have to, you have to kind of like rebalance smash right. brothers if you add in dlc that's that's the one thing against it and that's the one thing for anyone that was keeping up the leak there was part of it that was talking about like oh these five characters are going to be dlc and as far as I know, I think that was confirmed to be complete bullshit. Um, yeah, that just sounds like someone who was uh, yeah. getting his jollies in. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of things about that leak and where it might have came from. And from what I've heard, uh, a lot of those things are completely right. Next up, we got Amiibo pricing and launch lineup revealed. Um, the, uh, the first dozen amiibo figures have been detailed and are now available for pre-order uh each figure will be available for 12.99 no launch good date price. is listed but it's obviously going to launch alongside smash bros wii u yeah good price mm-hmm. that's perfect that's what i have to say about that i mean it's definitely you know i, I have a feeling there's going to be people that are like oh it's too expensive but i don't think those people understand the cost of action figures in the real world um like, uh, I don't know if, uh, I, I actually got a couple of them. Uh, they've, uh, Jack Specific has been, they're licensing with Nintendo, and they've had a couple figures out there. Um, and I got, you know, the, the little Mario one, the Yoshi one, the Skyward Sword Link one. And they were all, like, eight or nine bucks a pop. And those things are, I mean, they look nice, but they are, like, I was messing around with Link and his arm fell off. <laughs> and it went back into place, but, like, those things aren't made that well. Like they are cheap ass figures for like eight or nine bucks, and that's why like Amiibo. When I heard twelve ninety nine, like I was expecting fifteen a pop. Yeah. Um. So twelve ninety nine. I mean, yeah, it's only two dollars less, but that that seems to be a fair price for what looks to be a pretty solid build quality, and you know something that even though I think that the functionality for Smash Brothers in particular, you're going to be able to use with other games, which is pretty cool. Do you know if they said specifically that the Smash Bros. ones will work as if it was part of the uh, Mario Kart wave um, or the Toad wave? I don't know. They've been very cagey about all that. They've been very cagey about a lot of stuff with Amiibo, which is also what worries me about it. Like, I'm I'm going to get the figures regardless because I think that the figures look cool. Right. Um, so even if I, like, use them in Smash Brothers and think that Amiibos in Smash Brothers are dumb, which I kind of think that's how I'm going to feel... Um, I'll still have like Marth in in figure form, like that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't think I'd get that without like buying one of the Figmas for eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. 
so just to uh, list off the 12 that will be available this holiday season, we got Mario, Peach, Link, Samus, Yoshi, Donkey Kong, Pikachu, Kirby, Fox, Marth, Villager, and Wii Fit Trainer. So I ask you this. Scott, which ones will you buy? Oh, jeez. Um, I don't know. Yoshi for sure. Like, that's easy. Uh, um, Because I love Yoshi and everything. Um... I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of Neil, like I like Neil on this one. Like I'll probably end up getting all of them because I'm terrible with money and like I think they look cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't really have any interest of in using them in Smash Brothers. I mean, unless we learn more about it. But the idea of kind of just like putting in this CPU character to like help you out. I don't know. That doesn't like I'll mess around with it for sure. I right, just right. Don't expect to be taken by it. Like I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, I, I don't think I will be. And I've I've never played Skylanders or any of those games yeah. or like Disney Infinity, so like I don't really know what to expect at this point. But it even sounds like what we've heard so far doesn't really utilize them on the level that those games do, where they're like yeah. instrumental in playing the game, which is is kind of a good thing if you think about it. I mean, I don't know if I like want to have to buy these to like be able to play as these characters in Smash Brothers or something absurd like that, you know. Um, but it does make me wonder if at some point we'll get a game like Disney Infinity where they really are like you have to have them. Um, you know, like if I that would, could be I in the pipe. I would love Nintendo Infinity. Yeah, they could do. I mean, yeah, they could do some really cool stuff with it. To me, Disney yeah. or uh, Nintendo Infinity would be sort of like the um, subspace emissary from Smash Brothers, um, like yeah. on that level of just like crazy crossover, like levels inspired by all these different franchises, like every like all these characters yep. playing together. Like that's what it would be for sure. Yeah. Except better because it wouldn't be tied to the Smash Brothers engine. Like, it could really play, like, a platformer or, like, a Zelda dungeon or, you know, whatever they're emulating at the time. That would be super cool. Like, almost like NES Remix, but, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Exactly, yeah. And, Neil, you think you're getting all of them? Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I've I've been down this road before. I still... <laughs> I, I, well, with... Outside of the Skylander Spyro's Adventure, in which I have all 32 fucking figures from that... <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, calm down on, on Giants and Trap and, and Swap Force, and I don't even know if I will get anything outside of what comes with the review for Trap Team. Um, I've, I've very much calmed down off of the Skylanders obsession, but, dude, you put Mario on a pedestal, and I'll probably buy him. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to get that aggressive as to get as to spend 140 on plastic for a game that probably won't utilize these figures that well. Uh, I'm probably just getting Villager and Pikachu because yeah, yeah, Villager, and yeah, Pokemon. Villager is another one that it's like it's it's a Villager. Like, of course you're gonna get that. Come on. Yeah, it's I'm just in it for the figures and for the hope that uh, this potentially paves the way. For Nintendo Kart, or at least more Mario Kart DLC down the line. Like, I really want to race as Pikachu. That would be pretty cool. I mean, there, there's Amiibo support for Mario Kart 8. We don't know what it is, but it's it's something they're talking about. Uh, it's It seems like they're going to do waves of this every four to six months, which sounds mostly reasonable, yeah. depending on what they actually have for support, because there's going to be... A Mario Kart line for sure. There's going to be a Smash Bros. line for sure. Captain Toad, and then I'm guessing there's going to be Mario. a lot of lines that are like Mario Party and Captain Toad. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how they how they carry this all out over the long haul. It's going to be a you know I hope it does very well for them, um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Sure, it's uh it's Nintendo's 
It's Nintendo's big question mark. Yeah. Uh, our second to last story, Ultimate NES Remix, a game that was announced this morning, and we still don't really know anything about <laughs> Yeah, except for there were, there will be 16 8-bit games in it. They don't know if, like, they're ones that we saw on NES Remix, or, like, mixture of ones from 1 and 2. That's kind of what I assume. Yeah, without getting into, like, third party, you can't really find 16 Nintendo NES Remix games that don't consist of the ones in uh yeah cuz there's NES Remix at least 1 and 2 30 across those two I probably more Yeah well I think yeah yeah I think there were like maybe there were 16 in each or something like that I forget exactly something like that or maybe like yeah about 30 Yeah but be. that's it's coming out uh, I think December 7th or December 5th December 5th Yeah November alongside with the uh Wii Pack of yeah. 1 and 2 And then uh it's coming out in Europe a month earlier on November 7th uh the 3DS version I don't think Europe has the pack announced yet. And it's going to be 30 bucks retail game. They're pumping out these games quick. Yeah, I think they're they they're probably people are buying them and they're not that hard to make. Right. Because yeah, I do yeah. get the vibe that like the first one came out and they're like, "Hey, we should make another one." Yeah, I don't think that game had a long development time. And in a way, I think it's almost like a I don't know, like kind of a pet project for for Nintendo. Like yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure, like whoever well, ends well, up the, working on it loves it, right? Like how fun would the, that be? The director kind of, like, of it, it was just a dude with. who worked on a dude at EAD Tokyo who was working on 3D World and just started fucking around with this. Right. Like that's the story of NES Remix. And then I think, like, cause I think he was doing it in his spare time. And then I think, uh, what was it? Indie Zero is the company that that developed them. So, but I mean, the director is, uh, I think, Hayashida. And he's one of the dudes over at EED Tokyo. And he just thought this was a cool idea and started working on it. And then yeah. they ran with it. Yeah, uh, $30, 16 of the best games from NES Remix 1 and 2. Put them in 3D. And then I think they're probably going to add some new crossover challenges. Yeah, they didn't say be that, online... but it sounds like that's what they're going to have to do. To uh, Yeah, there's going to be uh, online leaderboards. Um, championship yep. mode is going to return. Mm-hmm. No, looks pretty cool. Like I, I think I'm totally in for that because NES Remix is totally a game that I would play on the go. Yeah, it's uh, I I just I hope they do something creative with it. I don't think they're going to because they were talking about a few months ago. I wonder if NES Remix on 3DS would be an okay idea. And then two months later, they announced it yeah. for coming out. Yeah, you know why? Because they started developing it after that story, and it's coming out like three months later. Yep. <laughs> I, it's it's not even that like huge of a story. It's just like a weird curiosity. Like I mean, it fills out it fills out the lineup out. for the rest of the year a little bit better. So I think it pads it out a little. Yeah, bit. I think they're they're a little little scant. Um, I mean, we do have cool stuff, uh, and I don't think this is in the, the show notes. But uh, Fantasy Life is going to have day one DLC. Apparently, that's cool. Right. I think that game <laughs> looks fantastic. Um, it's like lastly. Huh? It's like Nintendo Fable. I can't wait for that game. It, did Nintendo do anything with that, or is that just level 5? It's level 5. Man, I, I wish level 5 had more of a presence in America, they, just in general. I mean, they do. They have a, more of a presence than they did a couple years ago, but I think that uh, when you're partnered with Nintendo, it's probably pretty good to just keep on rocking with Nintendo, because then <laughs> like they'll market for you. Um, I, I just can't wait to see what Yokai Watch does when it comes out yeah. here next year. I mean that 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 might be the opportunity where level five goes out on their own because Yokai Watch could be a big enough deal, but 
I would think that Nintendo will probably make it in level five's best interest to let them launch that publish. Yeah. To launch that game next year. And I and I think it's probably in level five's best interest to let Nintendo do the publishing. Just like how Square Enix will probably drag their feet on every other three DS game till the end of time and wait for Nintendo of America and Europe to pick it up. Sure. And lastly, the last big story of today. 3DS is getting home menu themes. Yay! Following a system update in October, Nintendo will be introducing new Nintendo 3DS home menu themes that change the menu background icons and folders and music and sound effects. Themes will be made available to for purchase from a theme shop that will be added to the home menu. More details will be announced in the future. Some examples of this are an Animal Crossing one, where the bottom screen is like Animal Crossinged up, like the folders and stuff look all like Animal Crossing. You got Isabel looking like <laughs> okay, Isabel like, in the top screen. All the folders and stuff are Animal Crossing e. <laughs> Like, you know exactly well, you know, what I'm they, talking they also, about. Like, there, a there's between, a green leaf and wood. They have a Link Between Worlds one where all the stuff on the bottom screen looks very Link Between Worlds y. And <laughs> it's just very Link Between Worlds like route. And then there's a Famicom one that is pretty Famicom y. <laughs> but that's ex- that's the most adequate description you can get. No, of no, those. It's like I mean, the way you said it was comical, but it's pretty accurate, right? <laughs> it's like once you see it, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it's Famicom. <laughs> what they Nintendo the shit out of it. <laughs> well, I don't get like the Mario one. Like I'm looking at him now because Nintendo of America actually just tweeted about it a little bit ago. Um, so like the Zelda one makes sense. Like the folders are treasure chests. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, like okay. I'm done. I hate myself for it, but I'm getting that Link Between Worlds one. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. <laughs> like, I mean, and this just there's... reminds me of the fucking Xbox Live themes that then went away when they did one of the system updates. Yeah, right. <laughs> so all this shit that you spent money on, then it just went away. I, I think I bought a Rock Band one when I, when I had my 360. And then it's just like, oh, you got the dynamic theme. Now it's useless. Welcome to the <laughs> Windows Surface Grid, bitch. Um, yeah, they got a... They got a couple Mario ones, like they have the uh, the one that's like eight bit Mario, which I think is the Famicom one, yeah. and then they have like that weird like bold color modern Mario that shows up in every Club Nintendo accessory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wonder how they're gonna uh, price this. I, I would probably pay four bucks, maybe five if it's one I really like. I I was gonna say like I'm hoping buck ninety nine. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm just, if it was like Pokemon or a good Animal Crossing one, I'd probably be in. Like, I would only buy one of these probably ever. Yeah. Un- until, like, there's another great one. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think of what the, the themes were, how they were priced on Xbox Live. I think they might have been, like, two or three bucks. Um, and I think that's, that's probably what Nintendo should aim for. I wouldn't be shocked if they're, like, four or five apiece. I would be very shocked in a good way if it was like a buck each, but I think it'll I think it'll be like two or three dollars each. It's got to be at least one ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Like they know these have value. Yeah, they know people will pay for them, and well, I mean it's another yeah. revenue stream, which is why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Because I mean we all I... we all kind of talked about how like we'll probably buy one of these dumb things. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how uh, I I will I'll compare this to the three sixty and the PS three. Just, like, that path, how PS3 and 360 wildly changed from the time they came out to now. The 3DS, as it was originally created, is now a completely different machine Very almost. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with the themes, with the Street Pass uh, stuff getting completely boosted. With uh, the Miiverse, 
with the new 3DS that oh, has okay. a Circle Pad Pro <laughs> XL built in. Miiverse might actually be usable in the new 3DS, and it won't yeah. take 15 fucking years to get anywhere. <laughs> like, every what time I use Miiverse on 3DS, it's a mistake, because I'm like, oh, maybe I'll post this screen. Nope. This took me 10 minutes. To get I'm, I'm out. I gotta go to bed now. It's late. Well, it's clear they were updating it so severely that it was, they, it was starting to do things the 3DS wasn't originally yeah. built for. And I think the new 3DS is probably uh, making it at least feel like it was built for. It. Yeah. So, that is it. Uh, any quick closing thoughts? Does this build any confidence in Nintendo? Does this make you feel great about the holiday season, about early 2015? Well, the holiday season, uh, I don't really think much about the holiday season changed from this. Because uh, that new 3DS ain't coming out until next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it it could be a really good idea. I'm curious to see how it does in Japan. Um, and that's kind of the first step, unless unless some crazy, crazy optimistic stuff happens. And... Uh, the new 3DS comes out alongside Smash Brothers in North America. Yeah, this feels like it was basically released. This press release and uh, the Direct basically came out to give context to the rest of the year. Yeah. More than anything else. Like, now we know what it actually looks like, not what it kind of looks like. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's what... Uh, I don't hmm. know. I mean, I'll either be proven wrong, like, shortly after you hear this, or maybe I'm right, but I think there is a... The more I think about it, I think there's a decent chance that the new 3DS could be coming out in North America alongside Smash Brothers. Not like, you think not, next month? I think about when they announced the 2DS, dude. Yeah, they came out quick. They, they announced the 2DS and it was out within a month, I think. What about Europe? Um, sometimes it sucks to be Europe, just like sometimes it sucks to be North America when Blayton vs. Ace True. Attorney comes out six months later. <laughs> Um, Just ask any Atlas fan what it's like, like to live actually, in Europe. I mean, I mean and, and probably by, by the by the time people are listening to this, I'm, we might know for sure, because Nintendo of America has not said one way or the other if it's 2015 or not. That's something that people are inferring, because that's what people heard for the European release of it. But if you look at the 3DS lineup for North America, pretty much nothing comes out Okay, except for Layton vs. Ace Attorney this week, nothing from Nintendo comes out until after October. Whereas with uh, with Europe, like uh, Fantasy Life is coming out in September. Um, Pokemon Art Academy came out back in July. Whereas for for North America, everything's coming out in October. And there's actually like three releases on October 24th. Uh, we did get a release date for Bayonetta 2 with this, and there's also Fantasy Life and Pokemon Art Academy are all coming out on October 24th. So. There is a part of me that thinks that maybe it's it's an aggressive move because, you know, maybe the Smash Brothers fan base in North America is really strong and they want to try to, you know, it's like it's like how Reggie pushed for the DS launching in North America first. It could be something like that. Or I could be completely and totally wrong. <laughs> how does this jive with you, Scott? Um, well, to kind of go back to, like, if this got me excited about Nintendo, um, yeah, totally. I mean, even just Shulk being in Smash Brothers is, like, enough for me to be like, okay, yeah. like, I'm super excited for Smash Brothers again. I mean, I, I always go through that. Every time they announce a new character, I'm like, yes, this game's going to be awesome. Um, but I'm on board with that. Two the weeks, Amiibo price, Two weeks until the Japanese version. I can't wait. I know. Um, the Amiibo price is, like, perfect. That That's exactly where I wanted it to be, so that's great. And, yeah, I will for sure get this new 3DS. Uh, like Neil, I think it'll come out before 2015. Like... 
holiday season this year seems seems about right. Um, I do wish it was coming out like with the new with Smash Brothers for 3DS because I would probably get both of them immediately. Um, I, I I sincere the more I think about it, I'm like I think it's coming out October third. What um when did the Amiibos come out? Was that in the press release? Uh, holiday. It's I mean holiday. Alongside Smash Brothers. Which it'll be alongside Smash Wii. U. Okay, yeah. but not Smash 3DS. Yeah. Yeah. I right. would. I don't know. I'm kind of. I feel like that's when the 3DS will come out because you'd want to have that Amiibo support yeah. for when the Amiibos launch. I mean, I know in Europe it won't be that way, but like if they can make it happen, I feel like they would. Like what you would want to be able to use those Amiibos on every platform immediately. So. Man, I I, I hope I'm right because. There would be pretty solid evidence that hey, I called this, and you can you can listen to this and notice me go through like hey, this makes more and more sense as we record this episode. <laughs> yeah, I I'm excited for the 3ds. I'm excited for Smash Bros. I'm excited for Pokemon. But right now, Nintendo's future, I have no idea what to think of it. I have no idea if it's hopeful. I have no idea if it's bleak. They're trying Right now, shit. it's a huge-ass question mark. That's what I really like, is that like they are trying some, some things that are a little bit out there. And that excites me. Yes. And that will do it for this segment. Right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Neil and Scott for joining me. And as always, if you have any listener mail you want to send our way, you can do so at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. That will do it, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. Today I am with Zach Miller. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And uh, Mike Sklens. Me, 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 me. Pretty good. Um, so we are back today to um, revisit favorite boss and battle themes. 
Um, the segment went pretty well last week. People seemed to enjoy it, and we got a lot of submissions of uh, listeners' favorite battle themes and boss themes and everything like that. Uh, so many, in fact, that we can't include them all here. But we, we picked that a handful. That means we get to of... do another one of these segments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is just what the podcast is now. Uh, it just turned into a radio station late at night where they'll just play whatever you request. Yes. Um, <laughs> like just college radio. So um, we picked a kind of a selection of old and new uh, Boston Battle themes to go over um, from a handful of listeners and some not listeners. Um, so first, speaking of not listeners, we have a track from Mike Slens, who wasn't on the podcast last week, but wanted to contribute his own favorite boss theme. Uh, Mike, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Uh, this track is the Defender, a.k.a. the Black Knight battle theme slash boss theme from Shovel Knight. I like it because it is both old and new at the same time. Now, it's yeah. the second boss fight, right? Yeah, it's the, yeah, the first yeah. time it's uh, a different track. This is like the real boss fight when he doesn't have like six health and is a total wimp. Um, <laughs> this is like the real time you fight him near the very end of the game. Uh, and this track is just, uh, it's so damn good. It's like a Mega Man track had sex with a Castlevania track. <laughs> the most beautiful child in the history of Chiptune. It's so good. Oh, I like that. That's I mean, this whole soundtrack is totally badass. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really good. Um, like you, I feel like you could pick almost any boss theme, but th- this one in particular is really great. Yeah, I like the, way, the, the I like the Explodatorium myself. The Explodatorium is really good. This track, I like it when it hits that. Uh, I guess for the lack of a better word, like the chorus of it is so fucking good. Yeah, the main theme. Yeah, it's just it's really good the way it builds and it and it and it, it just repeats on itself and then it's got these crazy drum fills about like three quarters of the way through it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's a super good track. It's a super good soundtrack. Like, uh, uh, Jake Kaufman is maybe my favorite video game composer right now. I think he's definitely mine. He had also had my favorite track in Retro City Rampage, which is um, I think it was called Pulse Wave. I didn't know he did that game, too. He didn't. Um, a bunch of chiptune artists. Every radio station oh, in I Retro see. City Rampage is a different chiptune artist. Oh, nice. Which is one of the oh. coolest parts of that game, in my opinion. <laughs> um, if you can't tell, I'm literally obsessed with chiptune. You can tell, probably, because every two weeks that I'm editing the show, if there's <laughs> if, uh, if I get to use non-specific music that's not tied to a certain game, I'm always putting in a chiptune song between tracks. I was just going to say, yeah, True. you know if you've listened to this podcast before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I was so bummed that I missed the first one of these segments, because I like am in love with this genre of music so much right now. Um, so I'm really glad I could be here in this track. I just thought was the perfect pick right now it's my favorite chiptune track at the current moment it's just so goddamn good (laughs) awesome all right well let's go ahead and uh, give a listen then to the defender from shovel knight
Okay, there we go. Very, very good. Yeah. Um, so the next track we're going to move to, um, we'll give everyone a little peek behind the, the curtain here. Um, this, this comes from Ryan Hutt, and he picked the battle music from Final Fantasy IV. And this was actually supposed to be included in the segment last week. Um, we had uh, Nintendo Report staffer Addison Webb on with us, and this was one that he picked. But after we were done recording, we realized his audio crapped out like three minutes in uh, and was just dead. So I had to completely edit him out of the podcast. So all mention of Addison is gone. All his picks are gone. Anytime he talked and we acknowledged him is all gone. Um, you can still, if you listen back to that segment, you'll hear a few times where I'm talking to Zach and I said, so what did you guys think about this song? And it's just Zach. Um, I'm not crazy. It's because Addison was there uh, and then he wasn't. So um, he did pick this track as well. He, he specifically picked the boss fight with the, the dolls in Final Fantasy IV. That kind of starts off really slow and creepy, and then once they merge into the, the big giant doll that you have to fight, uh, then the, the normal battle music comes in. So that's the one we'll play, that, that, that one with the creepy part, and then the transition into the real battle theme. But what do you guys think about the, the battle theme in general from Final Fantasy IV? I uh, liked it. Um, I, I thought the fight itself was really freaking creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I haven't played the game, uh, but... Uh, Good music and uh, creepy fight. I like to see that. <laughs> I didn't like the creepy part of this song. I thought it was kind of, eh, but I really liked it when like the kind of classic sounding Final Fantasy battle theme kicked in. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. I love the the Final Fantasy IV battle theme. Might be like my, my favorite sixteen bit uh, battle theme from all the Final Fantasies. It's and really I, good. I remember Addison saying that this is the theme that played when you fight Kullex in Mario RPG. Oh, is it? Yeah. That wouldn't that wouldn't be that would not surprise me. Yeah. yeah. We never went back and confirmed that or not, but they they obviously they play one of the Final Fantasy boss or battle themes. Um but I think it is this one. I think that's right. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's it's really good. You've never played Final Fantasy 4? I've never No. I never I did not like RPGs as a child, so I missed I didn't a lot either. of them. Well, I never I didn't play it originally, um but I played the the DS version, which is really good. Oh, yeah. The only one cool. I ever caught up on because it's the most revered was Final Fantasy 6. But I, yeah. uh, I never finished it. Oh, that's not true. I did also play Chrono Trigger, and I played that front to front to end, and I really liked it. I need to yeah. play more of that. Yeah, that's your next assignment, which, which we'll get we'll get to that in a. In fact, we'll we'll wait. We'll talk about Chrono Trigger in just a minute here. Yeah. Uh, spoilers, it's coming up. Um, all right. Well, let's listen then to the battle music from Final Fantasy IV.
Okay, there we go. We are back. Uh, so yeah, next up um, on Twitter, we got a, a reprimanding from Mr. Jonathan Metz or Dr. Jonathan Metz. Mr. Dr. Jonathan Metz. Uh, <laughs> he he ridiculed us for not picking the uh, the Magus or Magus. Uh, I don't know 100% how it's pronounced. I've always it's said Magus. Uh. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I always said Magus. But um, yeah, this battle theme is really awesome. And in fact, there, there's a lot of great Chrono Trigger music in general. Um, I, I know some people have like come to re- retroactively uh, dislike it. But even um, Frog's theme, I think, is actually probably my I favorite I like Frog's theme from. a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's really great. It's like super like heroic and just it's like it's classic. classic I also really music. like the I forget what the name of it is, but the song that plays like when they're time traveling is fucking great. <laughs> oh yeah, like when you're yeah when you're in like the, the I guess it's kind of almost like the world map theme. Yeah, that it's like this like little like jolly like friendly little track that plays yeah while you're picking what time you want to go to. Yeah, yeah, that's good too. Um, but yeah, he specifically wanted to do the the Magus battle theme. Um, he didn't tell us why he liked it so. Sorry, Johnny. Um, but it is really good, and I do enjoy it. Um, now, Zach, you've never played Chrono Trigger. Well, I mean, I have. I've, I've played it for um, probably 10 hours. I have it on DS. Oh, you actually, like, started it and really played it? Oh, yeah. I uh, just got oh. distracted by something else one day, and I just never went back. And if I if I went back now, I'd probably just have to restart it, because I don't know what's going on anymore. I would. I, I did would that. Think so, I think yeah. I didn't actually beat it until, like, the third or fourth time I played it. The first couple times, oh, I, I made it to, like, the future. And then one time I made it to the part, like, right around where you get Frog. He's the last one you get, right? Or is it the cave girl you get last? What's her name? Cave girls after Frog. I yeah. got to her one. I think I got to the future once. I got to Frog once. And I got to what's her name, Cave Girl once. And then the fourth time, I actually beat the game. Nice. <laughs> well, I think spoiler. I think you still get one other character after her. Yeah, you get Magus Ro- actually. Well, you get Robo. I didn't mention him, but well, Robo, no, I, you get. I think you already her. have Robo. Yeah, you have Robo you before future, her. Mag- yeah. yeah, Magus is the last character you get. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, you get that other Magus. He's fucking great too. Great character. I but, have yeah. not gotten to the part that everyone talks about. Wait, what part does everyone talk about? Where a certain character dies. Oh, yeah. That's pretty late. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, relatively. That's probably, like, three-fourths of the way through the game. Oh, okay. See, I I, I I thought it was, like, happened halfway through, and the rest of the game you have to spend trying to get him back. No. I mean, you do have to. Well, and that's the great thing. You don't even have to get him back. I mean, that's what you do. Yeah, you can beat the game without him. Oh. Yeah. I mean... Because the game has like what, like thirteen or fourteen endings. So one of them is yeah, if if oh. you just don't don't revive them and you just beat the game without them. Huh. Um, but you'll you'll want to revive them. I mean that that's like if you want to get the real first ending, you'll want to revive them and do okay. all that. All right. Um, and do all like the side quests and stuff. Huh. But yeah, no, it's it's pretty late in the game that that happens. So cool. Yeah, great game. Yeah, if you do decide to like legitimately replay that. Um, well, not even replay it. Play it for the first time. I might replay it, and maybe we'll that'll be our uh, game of the week. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be a good excuse for me to get back into it. Yeah, I'm down. Huh. So, all right. Well, apart from all that, let's go ahead and listen then to uh, Magus's battle theme from Chrono Trigger.
And there you go. Alright, so now let's go ahead and jump then to a submission from our friend who's been on the show a handful of times, uh, Donald Terrio. Donald Mick on Twitter and a million things. He's probably not even Donald Mick on Twitter anymore, I think. I don't know. People change their names on Twitter so much I can't keep yeah, track of it. something now, different now. Right? I thought so, Well, like shaming on the forums. Yeah, there you go. I know. I've known like I've known this guy by like eight different names. <laughs> um, so his pick, which I had never even heard before, um, and I actually yeah. own this game and have just never played it, and it's actually very good, is um, the battle music from Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. So, does anyone know, like, the story behind Mystic Quest and how it's related to Final I Fantasy? I think it's one of those games, like, I I, I I might be completely incorrect here, but I'm pretty sure it's one of those games where it wasn't really called Final Fantasy at all in Japan, and they just branded it like that over here. Oh, okay. That's that's how I'm I gonna felt. Look that's that, why I always I feel, thought The music it. certainly doesn't sound like a Final Fantasy. No, the music is like a Mega Man music X sounds track. like Mega Man X, yeah, exactly. Like when yeah, I first for heard sure. It, I just had them on a YouTube playlist and I like just queued them all up and I forgot what they all were. So I was just kind of listening to them and we got to, we got to this one and I was like, I don't remember there being a Mega Man track on this list. <laughs> oh, it's a Final Fantasy track. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it at all. It's a great, great song. It sounds like, um, it, it reminds me a lot of the Flamestag music in Mega Man X2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. It's got that, like that kind of, I guess it's the, just the guitar noise. Rolling guitar, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know it. I don't know what it was called in Japan. I it says here that in Europe it was just called Mystic Quest Legend. Um It was and it was well, at one point it was called Final Fantasy USA, which means it wasn't called Final Fantasy anything in Japan when it started. Right, uh, yeah. And if you look at the the box art for it, um it actually says, and then they have it here in the Wikipedia article. That it's supposed to be a simplified role-playing game designed for the entry-level player. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, an easier version of RPGs to kind of, like, get people into it. I could I could go um, with that. Wikipedia yeah, says over- it was designed by Square's development teams in Japan, but it was specifically geared towards a U.S. audience. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, that'll be... That's probably really interesting. <laughs> we all know so, what yeah. happened with Earthbound there. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, this... this uh, theme really did surprise me and it is very very good and almost makes me want to actually like throw this thing in my super nintendo and and see how it is i don't, I don't um, know if it's probably that good of a game if it's quote entry level rpg it might be kind of boring but um this track is so good and it makes the, yeah. this this song is so good it makes me want to play this game just to listen to the rest of the music in it <laughs> right yeah that's how i feel um well here we go modern reviews uh looking at the wikipedia page um IGN, when it came out on the Wii Virtual Console, gave it a 6.0, uh, which comes out to just being okay. They called the battle system repetitive and simple. And 1up.com, which back, if you remember, the Virtual Console days, they basically would just little do little mini-reviews that basically said it's worth buying or it's not worth buying. Mm-hmm. And this was a not worth it. Uh, they <laughs> said the game was hand-holding and insubstantial. Oh, but go. they did. Pr- but 1up did praise it for the music. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, just listen to the music. <laughs> All right. Let's listen then to that music. This is the battle theme from Final Fantasy Mystic Quest.
I almost wonder if maybe they um, specifically made the music sound more action and Mega Man-y in an attempt to appeal more towards the American market where those kinds of games were much more successful. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That, now I mean, that I know I this little backstory of the game, I, I I was trying to think earlier, like when I was listening to it, is it the same composer? It's so similar. Like, what's the connection? And now that I know that it was in a game that was specifically geared towards America, it makes me think, oh, maybe that was a conscious decision to not make it all RPG sounding. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. All right. So our next track, um, this came from Azik on the forums. Uh, let me see what he said. So this is the final boss music from Super Mario 3D Land. And he specifically said about it... Doo, 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 doo. Um, he said that the final boss music in Mario 3D Land is amazing. Um, but... Let's see. Oh, but the music is meh by itself. Huh. Maybe he didn't really want to play this one. I don't know. Uh, I didn't yeah. I didn't see that till now. I I didn't uh, I listened to the track, you know, I beat the game but I totally forgot this track was you know what it was and it's not all that great. This track is I don't remember it at all. It was it is literally forgettable because I know I must yeah. have yeah. heard it because I beat that game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So maybe that was his point he was making or maybe he was saying something along the lines of uh um Maybe it's like better when you're actually playing, but listening to it by itself really isn't that great. Because that's how I felt like listening to it. Yeah, maybe it fits um, with the game better. I don't. On to be fair, I don't remember what the final boss fight in that game was like either. Well, you, you were chased by a giant Bowser. Right. I mean, that could be that could be like any. And of I the guess modern in Mario, <laughs> Mario yeah. in Mario 3D World, you're the one kind of chasing giant Bowser instead. Oh, is that what it is? Well, you know, it's that one where uh, you chase him up the skyscraper as Cat Mario. Oh, see, I yeah. haven't played. I haven't gotten to the end of that game. Oh, sorry. Man. No, I don't care. As if I can spoil the platformer. I'm not yeah. going to beat it. It's it's I've kind of it's had a my good fill. it's a good final boss battle in that game. It I is. Remember it's the one, one in, of the better modern ones. Yeah, I remember the one in Mario 3D Land, and I remember liking that boss battle too. But I really don't remember this music at all. You know <laughs> what? We we might I might pull an executive decision here. We might leave this music out because yeah, I didn't feel it was all that great. And I guess now I'm reading. I don't know why he linked it if he didn't like it. Um, but I guess that's my fault <laughs> for not really reading. He did link a million other things, but I wasn't really sure like what they were from. So I didn't. I didn't nice. pull any of those. Yeah, I saw um, maybe this was so like an maybe, honorable mention or something. <laughs> I don't know or dishonorable mention. Yeah. But I think what we should do, and may, I don't know if you guys know it um, by heart or not. Maybe you go listen to it real quick. But the um, final boss music from Mario Galaxy. You guys remember that one? Oh, shit, no. That shit is but awesome. But it was really good. Yeah, because it's, like, super epic, and then it totally apes, uh, like, One-Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII and has, like, people, like, acquire, like, singing in Latin <laughs> during it. Oh, You're it's right. so good. It's so <sighs> good. And that was a good boss fight, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, remember I mean, that whole game... I never beat music. Mario Galaxy 2. Is it as good? I still haven't played that. What? What? <laughs> I only got oh like three God. or four worlds in, and then I was just like, oh, I guess I'm done. Oh, my God. You guys Something, are killing me. I know. I feel bad about it because I know it must have been good. I can't. I, that game came out the same weekend as Red Dead Redemption, and I kind of got well, sucked yeah. in Red Dead. I mean, look, Mario Galaxy 2 is just more Mario Galaxy, right? That's yeah, not a bad Yeah, game. I, I uh, like yeah. 2 better because I feel like they, they got really comfortable at that point with all the gravity bending and like perspective changes and everything. So I, I feel like they do oh. interesting things in the levels. And I like that they cut out the whole little overworld. I know some people like Neil is very much into the uh, 
the little space station or whatever from the first Mario Galaxy. But I'm all about this oh, one where it's just like about that space exactly yeah, where it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not like running around going okay, wait, which like which portal takes me to which world? I don't remember. Yeah. Right, we're we're like, off track. We're off track. <laughs> I guess. So anyway, <laughs> let's let's play that. Let's play that track now. Forget Super Mario 3D Land. You can go listen to the final boss theme if you want. It's just okay. Uh, I'm executive decision here. We're going to put in the final boss music from Super Mario Galaxy. Bam. So enjoy. <laughs> back see isn't that good that's good that's, that's much good better I, yeah. I like that more <laughs> infinitely uh but we will end on a high note here um with another game i haven't played but now now i really want to i mean i've always yeah, me kind too, of wanted actually. to but um so this came from soren on the, the forums pick was the final boss music from the last story uh, and he said i want to give a shout out to the final battle music from the last story if only because it was so hard it got burned into my brain so i'm assuming he died a lot and just had to listen to the song over and over. <laughs> um, but, you know, if there's a final boss thing that you're going to have to listen to over and over, this isn't uh, such a bad this choice. Was, I oh. like this track. It kind of reminded this me really cool. of like a modern take on a Castlevania song. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love it. Kind of the antithesis of like the choir singing in Latin, like we just heard in that Mario track. Like, I love the whole like demon, like just like this like guttural demon that's going in the yeah. background, like yeah. two or three minutes to it, uh, two, yeah. two to three minutes. And it's it's really awesome. 
Yeah, I Silent really like that. I, I, got, I liked it a yeah. lot at first, and then it changes into like a little more different demon voice. I didn't mm-hmm. like that one quite as much, but the uh, I do like it still in general. Just like it was, you know, like that. Uh, it just gives it all this weight. Like then there's yeah. the, when there's a choir in the middle of a song. Yeah, right. I agree. And he sent two links. He sent a no spoiler link, which is the one I sent to you guys, where it just has like the you know the box art or whatever in the video. And then he did send a spoiler link, and I'm kind of interested if the last boss is some kind of like grotesque demon or something you know like if it's supposed to be if that voice is supposed to like match up with the last enemy i don't know oh, yeah i want to play not. this game it's hard to find now you know i kind of kicked myself because i used to you know we have a mire around here like you have mire up in alaska and it was like on sale forever at mire for like 40 dollars and i was like i should get this because i know at some point it's going to disappear and be impossible to find and i never did it uh let's go ahead and listen to the final boss theme from the last story Woo.
Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Nice. So yeah, makes, that's uh... makes me want to go to Freddy's <laughs> and try and find a copy. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check. I'll check Meyer next time I'm there and see if they still have it uh, for forty bucks. That would be awesome. I think I will buy it if they do. Um, so that does it. Um, thanks to everyone who like enjoyed this segment and sent in music. And sorry if we didn't like play your theme or if like we did do a Zeke, we actually played a song you didn't want to play or something. I still don't understand. We should. Do um, another, we need to do another one of these, but we should give people a different topic where it's not specifically boss music. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, we talked about it at the end of the last segment that like if this went favorite well, people enjoyed Mega it. Mega Man X tune. Oh, if we want to do just one, <laughs> or maybe we could do just favorite Mega Man songs. There are so many of them. If you go through the whole oh, yeah. galaxy yeah, of should, Mega Man games, we should games. split it between Mega Man and Mega Man X. No, I think just. I mean, if we're gonna solicit, pull like five to eight songs total. I think we could do the whole gamut of Mega Man. All right, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> How about your favorite Mega Man track and your favorite Mega Man X track? One of each. Sure, and then we'll pick and choose which ones we want to play. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so if you give us two so tracks, there there's a better chance that we'll pick one of them. That's right. Bu- Bubble Crab will not be selected. But I can tell you that at least four people will send in Mega Man 2 Wily. Oh, I'll send in Mega Man 2 Wily. For right. sure, yeah. I you might know what? Just you know what? Don't, send the show. Don't send in Mega Man 2 Wily. I guarantee you it will be included. We'll, yeah. just put it, we'll put it on the list up front because everyone knows it's probably the best Mega Man song. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it would have been my choice. Easy. So so don't send us non-Mega Man 2 Wily <laughs> tracks. And nobody right. cares about Mega Man 6 music. Don't even pretend. That's right. Uh, all right. So there you go. That's the call out. Uh, email us. Or I guess you can comment on the, the thread. But it's easier for email. So just email us at connectivity at com. It's easier to track that way. Uh, send us your favorite Mega Man and or Mega Man X uh, song or and, Mega Man yeah, Battle we'll do... Network, Mega Man Legends, whatever. No, goddammit, don't game. do that stuff. That stuff's bullshit. That's, well, if no. it's bullshit, no those one aren't it. real Mega Man games, Mike. Yes, they are. Battle Network the music might good. still be good. Yeah, we're talking about music. If, your favorite song yeah. from the Mega Man If it's not Mega good, Man it cartoon. won't make the show. Okay, I'll pass. Yeah, okay, that's there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, there you go. Uh, so thank you, Mike and Zach, for being here. Um, thank you everyone for sending in your choices and we'll be back next time. Bye. Adios. Bye. everyone and welcome to this bonus segment of connectivity i am scott thompson uh today i'm joined by amanda albert hello and nicholas bray hello scott i i you know, I've, i guess it, i've got a know? scottish accent now scott i've got attack eyebrows you see <laughs> I, I i'm attacking things all over the place you know but actually before we even jump into the topic which obviously at this point if you know who's on this podcast you know what this topic is yeah we are here to talk about doctor who um, the series, uh, premiere was on Saturday and we've got a new doctor, we've got new mysteries naturally and all that jazz. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, it was an exciting episode. 
Um, we were kind of talking about before we started recording how we were going to do this, and rather than go through like chronologically like we sometimes do with these, we're just going to jump all over the place because I, I feel like there was too much going on to just go through like the story and the order that things uh, develop. So let's just jump right in and let's talk about uh, Peter Capaldi's Doctor. What did you guys think? Hmm. He was he was good. <laughs> it took him about you know like half the episode until he sort of got going more as a, a more lucid mm-hmm. uh doctor like the opening stuff yeah. with these sort of all crazy like um i'm kind of glad that he was still sort of active even though he was post regeneration like he just didn't fall asleep for half the episode at least that has yeah that's something. probably my least fa- my least favorite of the modern regenerations is when matt smith is just a sl- or not matt smith tenant is just mm. asleep the whole episode he didn't have a zero room what do you want <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> But um, um, the um, what was I gonna say? Um, the first episode, so I always find that on the first watch, at least for me, you're always anxious to get to the next Doctor scene. So you sort of like, like wanted the fo- uh, story to push forward faster. And this episode mm-hmm. was um, sort of counterproductive to that because it was twice as long as a regular episode. So it felt like the pacing was off. But on the second watch, rewatch, I did, um. You know, the pacing was a bit better and the Doctor was like, you know, it all flowed a bit better. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like I And like you said, with this episode being longer, so much of it was focused on uh, Clara and uh, Madame Vastra and all that, that, yeah, he the Doctor felt pushed to the side a lot of the times. Um, but I enjoyed what we saw, although I'm worried, as is kind of often the case in these first episodes with, uh, you know, with the new Doctor, that... What we see in this episode isn't necessarily what we're going to to get as things move forward. I kind of liked when he was sort of manic, and I really enjoyed his conversation with the the homeless man and how he took his coat. Who do you know who <laughs> that I, was? Who was it? Um, it's uh that was Elizabeth Sladen's husband. Yeah. Oh, really? Sarah Jane. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, but I love that scene. I just I just thought that was so funny and how he ended up just just taking his coat regardless and. He, How the, he, he uh, gave him a the... watch. It was a fair trade. He didn't just mug the guy. <laughs> he was uh, in a hurry to get out of there. It smelled terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, it was just funny. Just uh, the, you know, the man saying that that he's cold, and the doctor saying, "There's no sense in both of us being cold. Give me your coat." Just that kind of stuff. It was just a really funny comedic scene, and I, I thought they did a good job of establishing uh, some good, like, little humorous and comedic bits. Um, yeah, I found the, new doctor. Um, the scene in the restaurant, too, sometimes. He had that sort of um, Tom Baker sort of thing going on. He sort of, he's like, folk, not really focused on what Clara's saying, but sort of just, you know, thinking of other stuff and just, he's off in his own little world sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, got a bit of a vibe of, like, sort of early Tom Baker from him at, this, at the moment as well. When he even made the joke about wanting a scarf and then mm. saying that he would look silly in it or something along those lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to tell what he'll end up being because I feel like by the end of the episode, especially once they're back in the, the TARDIS and stuff, he was much more like serious and in control, um, which is fine. I mean, that, that that's that's totally fine. But I did enjoy uh, the humorous moments with him. So I, so I hope he'll still... Uh, be sort of comedic in that I did, way. I did like the part at when to, um, at the end when Clara goes back into the TARDIS and he's sort of got his costume and stuff on. He's He isn't, like, dead serious. He he has a bit of, like, 
jovial sort of smiles and, you know, he, he's not going to be dead serious all the time, which was good to see that sort of slightly lighter side of him after he sort of recovered and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of which, the, the end scene there, what did you guys think of that? Master! What? I was talking about <laughs> Matt Smith. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. I'm not... Yeah, not that ending scene yet. We'll get to that. The first he said end scene. scene. I'm thinking end scene. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I liked it. I I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, and I'm not surprised they did it. Like I feel like they were very careful this episode to kind of like I think they went out of their way to try to uh, keep the uh, you know the women on Tumblr interested in the show uh, in a right number there. of ways. I, uh. Having having Matt Smith in the episode like reconfirming you know that that's the doctor. It's okay. Like you can you can go with him. He's me. Uh, and then the whole conversation with um, Madame Vestra and Clara, where she's basically saying you know like he's let down his veil. You know he was young to appeal to people, and now you know he's he's to appeal to uh, fan like, girls. Re- re- What's that? To appeal to fangirls. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that's it's what so it was. Insulted and then of course, by Cla- that. Clara's and then the of course, Clara has her whole thing where where she's saying, you know, well, I'm, you know, that's that's not me. I'm not that like simple. I, you know, that's not all I'm interested in. Um, which I guess is what they're hoping all the, the that's women the, on Tumblr will that's say. That's the fangirls' <laughs> response. They're like, "Hey, I'm here for a story." Yeah, mm. that that's what they're hoping is the case anyway. Uh, that um, is, it is. I'm still here. <laughs> Well, you're kind of a super fan. Like I would, I would expect you to still be aboard. Yeah, but that's a, you know, mo- any of my female friends. That's the only thing we talk about or have in common. Is Doctor Who? Yeah. You got cool friends. <laughs> I have female friends. <laughs> yeah, cool female friends. But um, I will say um, the thing with Clara though, like sometimes on the surface it felt like, you know, she should have already been used to regeneration and stuff. But like, I guess. She was just always thinking, like, this isn't, hap- this won't happen to me. Like, I'll always have my Matt Smith doctor. Is that, is that where they were mm. going with it? It wasn't necessarily she was upset about regeneration. It was just about the fact that he had changed at all. Like, I don't it's know. just very scary. I think not everybody is going to be Rose Tyler and be able to roll with the punches. That's an unusual individual that can just accept it and then move on to the next thing like no big deal. I think well, most to, people to be would honest, be pretty she... freaked out. That's a weird thing to happen. And I think most people, they would at least be taken aback for a little bit and then move mm. on, which is what she did. Right by the end, she's totally on board. And in in Rose's defense, I think Rose got an upgrade, so I can understand why she rolled with it so easily. Rose also had Rose opinion. also had that untelevised like snippet where she was sort of questioning things and freaking out a little right. bit. Right. Um. Uh, yeah. So she had that, but I guess she didn't really have a choice because the doctor was oh, like unconscious for most of it, right? <laughs> Right, yeah. So she was more just like with her her mom and with, she, I think um, she did discuss it with Mickey, sort of like yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're not talking about that one. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, I will say, I was, but yeah, she, um, with Vastra and I sort of got rubbed the wrong way with Vastra in this episode. She seemed really domineering on Jenny and stuff. Like she was. I would agree with you. Her. Yeah, didn't, she didn't seem as progressive as she sort of 
makes out who makes herself out to be either you know like, right we got like a weird peek into the relationship where like she's she's not she's you know working on her little evidence board and having jenny just pose <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh have you know that they're married right yeah right <laughs> oh i didn't hear that <laughs> mike and i just rewatched it before i came in here to record and that that scene where she's pouring the tea and she's like great pretense i was like they have a really fucked up relationship yeah. it is dysfunctional mm. on a level we don't know yeah and i i think it, it i mean it, it has a lot to do with uh vastra's age and stuff too but and it, her the relationship a different at times well, that too, and like just her wealth of knowledge compared to Jenny. A lot of times, their relationship almost does feel like, almost like mother and daughter more than yeah, wives think, than like equal partners. I think also Vestra well, she did has pick up a dumb Cockney. <laughs> what was that? I just said she did pick up a dumb Cockney, so I don't know. What... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Nick? Um, she's also you know she's underneath. She still has that um, sort of semi look down upon humans like apes you know like she still has that sort of underneath all of her hiding behind her masks and stuff like she says yeah, one thing true. but underneath she still has like a sort of jealousness or hatred towards humans on some level i think a reserved judgment yeah maybe that's more like it yeah <laughs> yeah i would agree with that that said i i still would love to see them in a spinoff we did take her planet to be fair mm-hmm. yeah that's true that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, every time we see more and more of them, I just feel like, okay, like when are they getting their own Torchwood? Like, it just feels like it has to happen at this point. Oh, it just um, occurred to me. It's her planet of the apes. She's Charlton Heston. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she is too. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, uh, Nick, you didn't really say, what did you think about the, the Matt Smith scene? Oh, um, yeah, I thought it was good. It sort of had the opposite effect on me. It was like, Seeing Matt Smith and hearing him talk, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's Matt Smith." And then it just seemed sort of, it seemed out of date. Like you're like, "Oh well, that's in the past," sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I didn't really think it was super great. I was more like liking Capaldi's side of it more than the Matt Smith side, sort of thing. Yeah, it's good acting, but it just felt like it was unnecessary. Hmm. Like, it's almost disrespectful to the actor that's coming in. Like, I think we can all come to grips with that we have a new doctor at this point. We It's yeah. a, not needed. I think it would have been way funnier if this scene was, like, put in, like, episode four and he just called it, that like, he went too far. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, he's old, so. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're fine now. We've been traveling just, for, like, just hangs up on him. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty good. Um, but you're right, and I think especially, I mean, I don't know about classic Doctor Who, but, you know, in the, the recent years, there's never been something like that. Right. With the exception of, obviously, just now when David Tennant came back for the, the 50th anniversary, but they've never really had to pander that way or, or do something like that where they, they have, like, a communication from the old Doctor. No, um, no. I mean, I guess the closest thing was, was near the end of Tennant's run having Rose come back, but even that, that's not really the same. Um... So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I was fine with it because I like Matt Smith, but I do agree that it just it, it did I guess feel a little out of place and, and unnecessary. Like we we're we're down with Capaldi, I think. Like we don't we don't need mm-hmm. constant reminders that he's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. What did so yeah what did you guys um about the ending? So it was left ambiguous as to what happened to the sort of the robot cyborg guy. Um 
when did Capaldi push him off or did he jump? I think I'd like to think he pushed him. <laughs> yeah, I think he pushed him. You think? Yeah. I'd, I'd like jumped. to think he did. I think he pushed him and he's going to justify it by saying, like, he the robot couldn't, so he he did it for him sort of thing. Yeah, it's for the greater good. I mean, he killed Filch. Why wouldn't he kill that guy? Yeah, he's killed other <laughs> things before. Like, he wasn't strictly human either, so. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I don't know. It'd be a hell of a lot more compelling if he killed him. Hmm. I mean, it would be interesting. It would definitely uh, take the Doctor in some new avenues. And I know they've said that this se- season's going to be darker. Um, I just like... So if the, if the... I liked how he, um, he like poured a, what was it, whiskey or something. You haven't seen what any of the new Doctors did, something like that yet. Yeah, the last yeah. one that drank was nine. That was it. Did... Oh, yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? We didn't see him drink. Jackie was talking about him drinking. Mm. That's it. I mean, ten, I don't think ever did and 11 just spit it out like a little kid every time <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah so I, I i did like that aspect of it and i i think that does reflect that it's going to uh become sort of a, a darker show or at least explore some darker themes develop um, a drinking habit yeah yeah about do the doctor's you, alcoholism wait, tangent tangent do you think time lords get drunk or do they metabolize it too quickly I think it would be, they probably yeah, it would be funnier if it, they couldn't get drunk. So he, he could just be like drinking as much as he wanted. <laughs> well, he's got two hearts, so who knows like how many livers he has, right? <laughs> Maybe four. We know he has kidneys for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's talk then about the last scene. Because I, I thought the last scene was really funny. Because I know going into the season, the big thing I think Moffat said was that there weren't going to be season-long arcs, and then we end with, like, what seems to be a mystery that will probably play out over the whole season. Yeah. Which, that's okay. I'd rather have at least something that, that you know, like a a story thread that follows through the whole season than just Monsters of the Week every episode. Yeah. I I, I like that. I think it adds a nice weight and gravity to the... When um, it's a good plot line, yeah, it's fine. That's the big thing, when it's a good plot line, yeah. Um, So, we have, yeah, the the robot wake-up in what... appears to be or at least what he's told is heaven and we meet missy who says she's what the doctor's girlfriend so what do you guys think about that well either river gets a downgrade from wife or the master gets an upgrade (laughs) yeah so you're convinced master as always (laughs) well mistress i mean it makes sense it's close yeah but yeah i wonder about that you know is she friend or foe well, I think, uh, well, I guess she's probably at least somewhat of a friend because I think I saw a screen cap from some episode down the, down the line where they're, like, walking together. Yeah, they're being flirty. They're not yeah. respecting each other's personal space. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they're, they're friendly enough, I suppose. I don't know. So, but what do you guys think? I mean, do we need another girlfriend for the doctor at, at this point i'd be kind of happy to go a while without like him having any sort of like love interest i don't think capaldi's gonna have any love interests at all in this um yeah missy's obviously some sort of demented sort of baddie so <laughs> she probably thinks thinks she's sort of, like she says oh, i'm his boyfriend but we don't know what that actually means yeah like, that's true amanda do you have any crackpot theories apart from that he, she's the master <laughs> Um, 
not necessarily about well maybe it's kind of do with her it was interesting to me that there was the they were on the ss marie antoinette and it's a sister ship of the madame pompadour mm-hmm. and just thinking about the mechanical men I almost mm-hmm. wonder if it's like there's some early, early prototype of Cybermen or if they're any re- way related to Cybermen. Because I've seen screen caps of them filming, filming the last episode and it's missing a bunch of Cybermen. Yeah. And I know that she's involved with these, uh, I guess you call them clockwork people or the... Yeah. So I wonder if those have something to do with each other or if there's some kind of ones one evolution of the other or something like that. I mean, with Moffat's writing style, he's always trying to link shit up together, so it would seem like got her to interacting with both of those things for a reason. It's not just a coincidence. Really. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not related to this, but the Doctor did keep saying, like, throughout the whole uh, interaction with them that everything kind of seemed familiar mm-hmm. to him. Um, so yeah, maybe that could be it. Maybe they well, are sort of prototypes to the Cybermen. Well, when he was talking about what seems familiar is he was trying to remember the, the sh- before when he was on the ship, uh, the Pompadour. Yeah. And the clockwork people. I mean, cause that's basically what was going on again. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think about sort of, uh, the, I guess the bad guys in this episode? The... Um, I liked him in the, like, the last couple of scenes, like the main robot guy but mm-hmm. other than that i thought the villains were pretty boring really um probably on purpose to a degree because they're not they're sort of meant to be like a throwaway villain because the main point of the episode was the doctor regenerating so mm-hmm. mm, i like them a lot i'll t- tell you guys now i've seen the second episode and the third episode because it's leaked <gasps> spoilers <laughs> <laughs> and um from what I've seen of the season so far, I think uh, the further you go in, the more that episode holds up knowing what you know later. Oh, that's good. Okay. I don't mm. want to burn it. <laughs> but they're really good, and the second episode is great. That's my favorite of the three that I've seen. Oh, awesome. It I'm reminds me a lot. It. Did you guys ever like uh, Eccleston's episode, Dalek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of that. It's very good. I was getting that vibe just from the like the trailers and the teasers of that episode. Feels yeah, Capaldi reminds me a lot of nine and four. Mm, yeah, especially four could um, be funny and silly, but he could also be very stern and stoic. Yeah, I got a I got that nine feeling vibe from him when he um he went to leave the bedroom and he went to the door. And he sort of delivered it the way Nine would. Um, doors. No, that's not me. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> the way he moved his head, it just reminded me of him. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, I will say for the baddies in this episode, I did kind of like how, uh, you know, the, the main robot man there, his, uh, you know, livelihood or uh, experiences sort of mirrored the, the doctor. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, it allowed them to kind of explore some interesting ideas again tied to the idea of this being a new doctor um you know i especially like his comment about the the broom you know if you replace the handle and the the brush enough is it the same broom yeah um i love it like that i love it when he said who frowned with this face that's my favorite line of that whole episode <laughs> yeah well because you you think about 
what um he's been in it did you guys watch torchwood yeah so i no, i haven't i haven't seen much torchwood because capaldi was in that he played john frobisher mm-hmm. and then you know it was in the fires of pompeii yeah and moffat had said in an interview that after while he was working on series eight him and russell t talked and russell t said to him Oh, by the way, if you ever want to know, or if you're curious, I always had a story in the back of my mind to explain why he was in Doctor Who and why he was in Torchwood, would, right. and, I, and you can use it. And Moffat had said, by that point, I was already pretty far in with the writing, and it won't be covered in Series 8, but it's a damn good reason, and it will be in Series 9. So <laughs> I'd like to think that that's all them sl- slowly setting it up. Mm. I thought Moffat had like said that like he was just going to sort of slip it in somewhere. He wasn't going to draw like a huge amount of attention to it, but maybe that's changed. Like maybe it will set up like a big sort of reveal. I would like to think so. I mean, because they did that before with um, Colin Baker too. He played a different character before he came on as the Doctor. Mm. Yeah. And it'd be fun if he explained it because then you could just go back on your own head, Ken, and be like, oh, that's the reason that happened too. <laughs> I'm I'm fine either way. I don't I don't need an explanation for why he was in Pompeii and why he's the doctor. Like I it doesn't matter to me. It when he was in Pomp- the Pompeii episode, they had no idea that he would be the doctor. Yeah. You know, this isn't like it, it'd be yes, one thing. Yes, they did, if it was Scott. Like, they knew. <laughs> they knew years in advance. That they he knew. Could they always the know. That's like a like a lost type thing. Like going back and just having some lame reason for like why the numbers exist and be like that's what it always was and they never even fucking gave you a reason and lost that's the worst part well they kind of tied up i'm rewatching lost now in the very end they kind of tied to like the characters but that wasn't in there from the start they just made that up as they were going along fuck lost (laughs) wasted so much of my life with that goddamn show and reading lostopedia i haven't even finished watching lost don't you should i no. i think it's good i think it's worth Ugh. finishing if you've started it i'm yeah. judging you listen i was with you like i was not impressed by the last season but now that I've, i was I've not impressed the show, with the last three seasons but now that i'm now that i'm rewatching the show um I, I kind of appreciate it more the last episode that was semi-decent was abby turno and then everything else is a pile of shit i'm fucking so <laughs> mad at that show <laughs> well that, that's a conversation for another oh, time yeah. No, let's get into it now. Um, <laughs> the polar bear was the master. Actually, instead of the what master, the I think, monster? you know, it's a possibility that he could be bringing back the Rani. It's like, but don't the, some, doesn't somebody else own the rights to that? I thought that's why they couldn't bring oh, it back. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, if that's the case, yeah, probably not happening. <laughs> um, I just assumed that it wouldn't matter. I say it's for Mana. Romana, Romana Mark yeah. Four. <laughs> Scott silent. Yeah, no, I know, I know. You guys are talking about something old that I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys like um, Strax in this episode? Uh, he's fine. Yeah, I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I just love the part where he threw the paper at her face and she's just like falls over <laughs> for no reason. He just yeah, like... that was pretty good. <laughs> it's just like ah, oh, Clara. <laughs> It was I mean, like, he has funny moments. I like. I love that he just cannot figure out like human biology whatsoever. Like, I loved when he was doing her little checkup. That yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, you know, and obviously the the whole returning thing of continuing to call her boy. It turns oh, into I... Benny Hill every time he's on there. 
He what? I, it turns into Benny Hill every time he's on the <laughs> Well, screen. that's true, yeah. It's like, he's not just dumb with, like, physiology and telling people apart, but he also can't remember what he called them the last time. So right. he's got a memory problem as well. That's what happens when you live and die over and over. It just there was like a pretty was like a dark turn that Strax had though. He was going to commit suicide in the, the in near the oh, end. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> gonna blast his Which face I thought, off. I thought that was weird. I thought like with his race, you would want to die in combat, not like kill yeah, yourself would, in combat. That, is, that race would just keep going no matter what. Like right, and like welcome death. Yeah, yeah. I, I told Mike, wouldn't it be great if it turns out there were other Sontarans around? And we just realized that he's actually got terrible vision. That it, it's <laughs> that's it. Gets a pair of glasses and he can finally see. Like <laughs> the doctor could just later. give him Amy's glasses and then he'd figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would support that. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like Strax. I think I think Strax is funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. Um, so overall, I, th- I think we all enjoyed uh, Capaldi, although we're, I think, like Nick said, we kind of need to see more. See the, I feel like the second episode is where you really get a, a good feeling of what mm. this doctor is going to be. The second episode um, is... Amanda, always, Amanda's yeah. already seen the second episode, and it's her, she said it's her favorite, so I guess maybe we're in for good Sometimes things. I just wish we could like skip over these first regeneration episodes and get to the real next episode straight away because they're just like the first episode always you always get like that taste and then you got to wait a whole week to get the real first real adventure so yeah i don't next time maybe they should just regenerate and he's you know snap straight into it he's not weeded out or anything i enjoyed it it was a lot better i liked it a lot more than i thought i was going to hey for fun let's let's rate real quick i guess there'll only be well, I can only speak on three, but um, let's talk about our favorite of the the modern, or if you guys want to throw in the old ones, you can, regeneration episodes. Where would you rate these? Um, I think I would put, I think I'd put Matt Smith's first, this second, and then Tenet's third. I think I'd have to put this one as the top one. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, I loved Matt Smith's in the whole, because... I mean, while he was being zany, I think I really loved the the stuff with Amy as as a little girl and him coming back. And that was the best. Just that you was realize- the best part of the episode, though. The um, I found the stuff in eleventh hour, the actual story part, the plot of the baddie. It was I didn't really get into that as much, but all the rest of it was really good. So yeah, the, yeah, the interactions between the doctor and Amy and the acting was really good. But I find when I go back and rewatch, I'm bored for a lot of it. Yeah, and it's also like an hour long. So yeah, yeah, it is another long one. That's true. Yeah, the the baddie in that one is is kind of lame. Um, I guess I I do kind of block that out, and maybe I would be more annoyed with that with rewatching it. I just think of you know he's getting all the food from Amy, and then he you know he just kind of just how sad it is that he does come back for her, but he just messes it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's it's sad. Know, you but, watch that uh, little girl you know, that you there. see her there waiting, <laughs> sitting there. Yeah, all night. It's, it, I know. Um. But I guess that does mean I only like like fifteen minutes of the episode, so maybe I do need to reevaluate my choices. But would we all put Matt Smith's or uh, David Tennant's last? I mean, I would put David Tennant's second. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the I like seeing the I really enjoyed seeing the, all the companions have to work together on their own and figure out what to do without him. Yeah, that was interesting. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Plus, it's Christmas time. <laughs> You have this yeah. spinning Christmas tree. 
Yeah, you got robot <laughs> Santas? Come on now. <laughs> That's true. We can't forget about that. Yeah. And David Tennant looked adorable in those pajamas, so. <laughs> That's true. His little striped pajamas, yeah. Yeah, Mike has those now, too. <laughs> I don't want to know, like, what you guys do with those pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Sleep. <laughs> So anyway, um, that will do it. So thanks. Will everyone. it? Will that do it? That will do it. We're gonna leave it. No, there. we That's must go on. We on. must get to the sexual length of the real episode. So we've got another four, um, what, half an hour or so. <laughs> I could go into my theory. I got a board, all with all kinds of pins and strings. I can wow. have Mike pose in the corner. As I said, did you make Mike pose in the pajamas while you were putting it together? Yeah, I got all kinds of theories. <laughs> I thought you were painting me. <laughs> you brighten the room <laughs> <laughs> alright so that is it uh, thanks guys for being here I don't know we probably won't do one for every episode though we probably could so maybe we'll come back I don't know will there be there like will there be another mid-series finale where they'll take a couple months off probably no does this not. mean that Mike is Jenny huh uh, yeah I think I would say he's your Jenny yeah I think he'd be okay with that I think he would too. He's a pretty one. But Nick, did Nick? Did you say there's no like finale in the middle? It's going to go straight through. Um, well, it's twelve episodes straight. Yeah. Through, so. Yeah, they're not going to do that annoying thing where they break yeah, it up and drive back us to crazy the way it should be. Yeah, that's good. So that will include a Christmas episode, though, right? Uh, no, that'll probably be one of the last twelve ones. episodes, and then a break, and then a Christmas episode. Okay. I'm looking well, yeah, forward 12, to his yeah. Christmas episode. That should be fun. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So, all right, well, maybe what we'll do is, like, I don't know, so 12 episodes, maybe every, like, four episodes we'll get on here and we'll do something, yeah. recap what's been going on. Or even just, I, like, qu- after the sixth episode, we can do another one and then, you know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out. Do you guys have a, <laughs> a guess as to what his, uh, you know, every doctor's kind of had their catchphrase. Do you have any, a guess as to what his might be? Um, No. I was trying to look for something he's consistently said in each of the episodes I've seen so far, but he probably doesn't. I mean, the he mo- might not have one. The mo- the most I can say- see what it might be is that he tells everybody to shut up all the time. Oh yeah, it probably will be that. That'll be one of his like big things he does all the time. Because even in that, in the first episode, he does that a handful of times. Yeah, the first thing he said was "shush" when he came out of the TARDIS. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably be it. It'd be a little bit but- of Malcolm Tucker then. Oh, man, we didn't even get any theories for who put the advertisement in the newspaper. It's got to be Missy, right? The master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. We're wrapping up. Uh, thank you, Nick and Amanda, for being here. Thank you for tolerating and, uh, me. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Let us know if you like these Doctor Who segments. And, yeah, we'll do one in four episodes or six episodes or every other Next episode. Weekend? Or, yeah, or every we should, episode. We should just make our own separate podcast at this point now. We can do it I properly. I would be down for that. Do it properly. Let's do it. Let's divorce <laughs> this big podcast and do our own thing. <laughs> Insurrection. All and right. You guys yeah, have maybe. to listen for, to me even more. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> theories every week that's right <laughs> crazy theories that's that's what it could be yeah it'll be a special segment on the show uh all right well keep uh keep in touch then and uh get ready for our spin-off doctor who podcast uh coming at you soon <laughs> yeah
Yay. All right, guys. Bye. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.